Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio this wonderful Friday morning. And we're discussing Bible faith in light of the cross. We discuss everything we discuss in light of the cross for it's the avenue through which God has given us this great faith we have and the only way we can hear properly is when we're looking to that great redemptive work of Jesus Christ then faith comes and faith is working on our behalf that being the grace of God given to us that being God himself working in and through us, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Again, today will be part 17 of Bible Faith and Light of the Cross on the 17th day of September 2021. And we will be this morning in 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, we will begin discussing uh, faith again in the light of today, faith being tested. Uh, faith... Uh, is tested, but I, I, I want to make this comment, and I know uh, we don't hear things like this, and, and we should hear things like this, uh, because it helps us uh, stay the course. It helps us to stay focused. And there, there's so much uh, delusion, there's so much deceitful deception. It's rampant today in our churches. Uh, uh, it's so rampant today that the, the preachers will even run off and, and play and, and, and try to become politicians all in the name of the Lord and all this stuff instead of staying gospel focused. But we, we need to hear what I'm about to say. And for those who have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church in these last days where uh, sound doctrine is being turned from and uh, many are waxing cold from love because iniquity is abounding, uh, not just around them, but in them. And, and we, we need to hear this. This is a powerful statement, and when pondered on, it will... It will cause the way we, 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 we think and it, it, hopefully it'll bring a greater level of discernment and a desire to make sure that we are on track because we can be off track, we can be wayward and think we're right on time and right in place with God. That's what deception is. Deception simply is I don't know that I don't know. I don't know that I don't know, but I think I do. That's deception. Nobody who's deceived knows they're deceived. They think they're right. So we need to hang on and we need to get ready uh, because we're going to hear a couple of things today that may jar us. And those who are hungry and desire to make sure they're right with God, they're in the way of God, they're in His one and only prescribed uh, order of of traveling along through this life with Him, uh, you're, this is going to help you today. But this first statement I want to make today is this, before we read the scripture here in 1 Peter chapter 1, and that's this. Only faith in the cross can be tested because faith in anything other is only our flesh working hard to achieve a desired goal that will never happen. The things of God can only be obtained by grace through faith. And that faith, my friend, it will be tested. 
that faith will be tested. Faith in Christ and His work at Calvary, that will be tested. No other faith can be tested because in God's mind, in God's plan, in what God has offered us is only one faith. And only that one faith can be tested. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 5 tells us there's one faith. Among men, there are many faiths. That means they're believing in many things. Their, their faith is in many things. But God has given us one object to place our faith in, our trust from the heart to depend on trusting in Amen. And when he saw us believing unto that object, he calls it in Romans 10 and 10, the righteousness of God. That means when we trusted in Christ as the righteous Son of God and what he did, the righteous work he carried out as the Lamb of God, perfect, spotless, sinless Lamb of God, that was us trusting in what God was doing in Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. And when he saw us trusting in that from the heart after hearing the good news of the gospel, the message of the cross, God offering his son for all sinners, which we all are, we believed it and he dealt to us the measure of that faith. That's Romans 12 and 3. Write it down if you've never known it. And even if you have, go look at it again. Every time I lay my eyes on it, it blesses me, encourages me, and deepens my understanding in what my eyes are beholding. God dealt to us the measure of this one faith. And Galatians 2 and 20 tells us what this one faith is that we live by. It's the faith of the Son of God who loved us and did what by this faith? Gave himself for us at Calvary. That's the faith we live by. That's why God had to, those who trusted in Christ and his work at Calvary for the forgiveness of their sins, he dealt to us the measure of that one faith. Peter writes in 2 Peter 1 and 1 that we've obtained this like precious faith through the righteousness of God and our Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. There's one faith. In God's eyes, there's one faith. The people who drowned in Noah's day, they had faith in something. They had faith that God wasn't going to make it rain and flood the earth. But that was a different God, a different word. It was a lie they were believing because Noah is the one who had the word of the Lord who could bring the faith if attended to, if believed, as Noah and his family did. Any other word brings a lie, and it's just you working hard to try to prove you can make it without God. There's only one faith that can be tested, and that's the faith of the Son of God. It was tested by him, and he, becoming humble and obedient unto death, overcame the trying of his faith and became victorious. And now we have an untainted faith. The faith of the Son of God is the faith we live by and we've been given the measure of that to live by. Hallelujah. And that, my friend, is the only faith that's tested. It's the only faith that can be tested in God's eyes. How many Christians, and let me say millions upon millions today, 
think their faith is being tested and their faith is not even in the sacrifice. Their faith is in this, they're doing this, they're doing these things, expecting God to move mightily because of their doing these things. And that's not even, God doesn't honor faith in what we're doing. God honors the one faith he gave us because we trusted in what he did in Christ at Calvary. Oh, the simplicity of Christ. Oh, the simplicity of faith. Oh, the simplicity of God's word if we'll just look at every word he's spoken through the righteousness in which he spoke it. I can't say it enough. Proverbs 8 and 8. Write it down, please. Look at it again, please. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. <laughs> that means it's the only avenue through which faith can come. Didn't Peter write that in 2 Peter 1 and 1? That we've obtained this like precious faith through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith can't come today, even if we're hearing God's Word, unless we're hearing it in its righteous context, which is what Christ did at Calvary for us. Somebody say praise God. Somebody say hallelujah. And my friend, that's the simplicity of, of, of Christ. He did the work. He endured. He overcame so that we could live by that faith, the measure of that faith. It's the only faith that's going to be tested. Everything else that people are calling their faith being tested, it's only, let me read what I wrote to you in my studies, it's only our flesh working hard to reach or to achieve a desired goal, some spiritual, uh, obtaining some spiritual status or some spiritual position or some spiritual promise from the Word of God. We're working hard to get there. The work is over. Jesus did the work. Our work is to, is to simply believe upon the one God sent and bear the fruit of the one God sent. Hallelujah. So others will believe upon the one God sent. Glory. The simplicity of Christ. Let me say it again. There's only one faith that can be tested. And that's the faith we were dealt. The faith we obtained the portion, the measure of the faith of the Son of God. Let me say it before we read this scripture. I've got to say it again. Faith in any other thing, the purpose-driven life, the government of 12, to hear words that say God's using that to, to deliver, to save, to heal, to do anything, that's words that are not authorized by God. Those are words that are not coming out of the Bible. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God in its righteous context. Romans 10 and 10 tells us it's with the heart men believe unto righteousness. What we've made a, a fatal mistake is thinking that verse of scripture was exclusively for the born again experience. You and I, if all God's words are in righteousness, Romans I'm sorry, Proverbs 8 and 8. All God's words are in righteousness and His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. And I know some of you think, boy, he just talks about that all the time. If you'd get it like you need to, maybe I'll slow down one day. And there's millions upon millions who've never heard it and instead of hearing me and saying amen or boy, that's all he talks about, why don't you start sharing it? People you know, Christians you know, need to hear this. They need to hear this. 
This is, this is knowledge that's increasing. The Lord is pouring out on those who are walking with Him and have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, who have hearts to understand, which when He brings us back to Calvary, now we can hear and receive properly. Never forget the church of Sardis. They had lots of works. They had so many works. They had a name that they were alive. But Jesus writes them. You can read this in Revelation 3.1. He tells them they're dead. In his eyes, they're dead. And see, that proves that you can be alive in Christ but not living in Christ. You can be dead as a Christian in the eyes of Jesus. And there's only one thing that makes a Christian dead in the eyes of Jesus and that's when our faith is in the wrong object because that results in our works. When it's in the cross, that results in the work of the Holy Spirit. You disagree with that, you've fallen into the category of the apostate church. When we're trusting in what we're doing or some program or some fad, oh, and we'll take Scripture and twist it and throw it at it, it won't work. There's one faith that we've obtained through one Lord. And that was by believing upon Him and what He did, His work, finished. It is finished. Oh, that we would understand that then we'd be a lot better off. Let's read the scripture today. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, We are kept by the power of God, not just kept. We're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Did you get that? See, it ain't just about when we got saved. It's about traveling through this life as the saved people of God, learning to live saved according to the Word of God, not what men who've crept in among us through the last several centuries and put on the table, which is most of it's been lies. It's been deceitful deception. And I know it's been in ignorance, but the Bible says God's not winking at ignorance. He's commanding men everywhere to repent. And let's say one more thing before we move on. Somebody's listening today that needs to hear that, uh, to hear this. Uh, you can't blame them. God will deal with them. When we've been duped and seduced and, and led astray, God will deal with them. But it's, we've been led away through the lust of our own flesh, the Bible says. So at the judgment seat of Christ, uh, we won't be able to say, but God, they, the, what, what, what Adam and Eve uh, did in the garden, that's out. That's out. We, we're not gonna be able, we might do that, but it won't work. Well, they, they lied to me. My granddaddy, I, I thought I could trust him. No, no. If you've been born again, the Bible says you've received the anointing, which is the truth. It's in you. So you have that to follow, which you received in the beginning. The truth. Hallelujah. Keep obeying the truth, which is Christ, the truth, and what he did at Calvary for that it's what liberated you. Glory be to God. Watch this now. We're kept by the power of God. The Bible says the preaching of the cross is the power of God. Stick with the simplicity of God's word. Don't try to bring men's wisdom into it. But it's through faith. It's through our believing, trusting in the power of God, which is Christ and Him crucified. That allows the Holy Spirit to give us the experience of the power of being kept. 
but it's through faith. Watch. Unto the fruit of salvation. Unto the fruit of salvation. My friend, <coughs> scripturally, do you and I have the fruit of our salvation in our lives? Can others look at you and see that you are separated from the world because you're a Christian? Are you still hanging out in places where they drink and people get drunk and there's foul language and, and you, you, you know it's wrong? If, if you're a Christian, you do. If you're a Christian, you do. Separation takes place in a Christian's life. And if we're making excuses for it, well, that just means if we are really born again, then we're backslidden. We're backsliding. That our focus and purpose is not to be a witness, not to have fruit unto salvation. Uh, and I'm not talking about when somebody brings up spiritual things that, that you say, well, yeah, I'm a believer in Christ. I, you know, I, I believe Christ. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about are you living with fruit unto salvation? Are you being kept by the power of God through faith, people recognizing your fruit that's unto salvation, unto the glory of of God and what He did in Christ at Calvary. See, we come to the reality of is the fruit there. The Bible says we will know them by their fruits. And in that specific context, in that where that is said in the Bible, He's talking about false prophets, those that claim to be of God but are not God. We know them by their fruit. Watch this now. And at the end of verse 5, He says, ready to be revealed in the last time. See, in the last time, we got to make it to the end of this race that was set before us. If we didn't have to run a race, and it's already a race that's been won by the Lord, but we have to, want, we, we have to run it. <laughs> the lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world, but Jesus had to be in the fullness of time born of a woman under law to redeem us who were under the curse of the law. He had to carry out what was already finished from the foundation of the world. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3 says the works were finished from the foundation of the world, but Jesus still had to show up, be born of a virgin, live a sinless life, and die for all the sinners. It still had to happen. So looking at it that way, which is the way we have to look at it, Jesus has already finished the work, He's already overcome and triumphed over all things, all principalities and powers, making an open show of them in His triumph at the cross. That's written in Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. You and I still have to run this race. If we're going to be kept by God and revealed in the end time, it's going to be through faith that has the fruit unto salvation. Come on, somebody. And I know most who have turned away from sound doctrine say, no, 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 I, I, I said the sinner's prayer when I was 10 years old and it don't matter now whatever I do or whatever it don't matter. I've heard preachers tell me that once I'm saved, I'm always saved no matter what. My friend, you need to pick your Bible up and get serious about study. You've been lied to all your life. You've been lied to if you believe that all your life. I grew up with that. It's not biblical. It, well, listen, it's not biblical. You, your name can be blotted out. Book of Revelations tells us that. They have to twist that to make it sound like something different. 
A man says that if you can, if you can lose your salvation, then what kind of assurance do we have? What kind of eternal security do we have? What kind of assurance do we have if we can lose it? Listen, my friend, you don't lose it like a, a misplaced key. You walk away from it intentionally, consciously. You walk away from it. You, you say, that's not what I need anymore. I've, I've got to have this. I've, I've got to be focused on all. I've got to, man, I've got to have the pleasure this, of this life. I, I don't, it, they're more important than that. Jesus said if you put anything before him, you're not worthy of the kingdom. But, and that's why the, the heresy of this once saved always says comes into the picture because people want to go and just live in sin and think because they said a prayer, they're, that, that's unbiblical. Romans 11 says just as Israel was cut off and ever Israelite since Jesus came and offered himself as their king and he was rejected and they crucified him, every one of them today, the, the millions who've lived through the last 2,000 years who have never accepted Christ as Savior, they've all died and gone to hell. You need to understand that. There's only one way and that's by trusting in Christ. And Romans 11 says just as they were cut off, we can be cut off. Tells us that in plain English. And And to, to not believe that means you have got to take it and twist it. We don't do that with God's Word. God didn't send His Word so we could twist it and conform it unto our fleshly desires. He sent His Word his son, so that his word could conform us into his image. And that image, that's Romans 8, 29, and that image specifically is us being made conformable to the image of his death. We need to understand that. We need to know these things and we need to stick with what the Bible says, not what grandpa and grandma said or this preacher I grew up under said. We need to let them go and stick with the Word of God will do so much better. And many are going to be in huge trouble because they've trusted in some grandma or grandpa and just went by what they said instead of getting in the Word and finding out what God has really said. So watch this now. Verse 6, 1 Peter 1, Wherein you greatly rejoice if you're in the faith, this one faith, if you're still trusting in Christ, today in Christ and what He did at Calvary. And I'm not talking about with your lips. I'm talking about with your heart. You're desperate again today as you were when you first learned there was a hell. You were headed there, but you didn't have to go there because God sent His Son and offered Him on your behalf. And if you believed upon Him, you could be born again and end up in heaven and not hell. He changed your direction, but that was, listen, He changed everything about you. He he made you brand new. And and listen, my friend, you, you and I, If that was just something mental, like some historical fact, you you didn't quite get it. If you say that you're believing in Christ, that is what I believe. That is what I believe. What are you talking about? Then why are you listening to all these preachers using God's Word to point you to what you got to do? These three steps if you do this. Uh, Listen, it's one thing to sit under a preacher who's telling you how this story in the Bible relates to Christ and what He did at Calvary, but is He telling you how it applies to your life today. That's the crossover. That's the bridge. You've got to reckon yourself again today 
to be dead to the sin nature, Romans 6, 11. And entanglements in the world is, is just a, a greater a lustful, a carnal, a fleshly desire to fit into the world than we have to have the fruit unto our salvation. Some of you listening need to get serious about your relationship with Christ. You've had it on the back burner. It's been more important for you to do what you want to do, to do what makes you feel good, instead of living according to the Word of God. And see, that is the difference when it comes to faith in the cross. Not lip service, but heart service. When from my heart I'm trusting in what Christ did for me as the Lamb of God, my direction changes again today and I see more of the world me being separated from more of the world and things I used to do. It is about coming out of the world, my friend. It is about being made conformable unto his death. It is about things that have had you attached, you walking away and losing them. That is the fruit of your salvation by the power of God through faith. Come on, somebody. That's the fruit of of your salvation. And, and you know, I'm telling you, for le- years I lived as a backslidden Christian who would have told you at any time I believed in Jesus, that he was the Son of God and died for me to be, to, for me to be forgiven. But the only thing that was on my mind was going to heaven. So I needed to keep saying that. I needed to keep telling myself I believed it. And I really did believe that what he did there got me saved, but I never knew that what he did there is the only thing that could deliver me from all the things I'd been making excuses for in my life, crying myself to sleep at night, begging God to deliver me if I was still sober enough to ask him to forgive me. Is that your situation? Do you go to bed every night asking God to forgive you for the same thing over and over and over and over again and you're trapped with this dominion of the sin nature controlling you. You don't want to go to the club anymore. You don't want to drink. You don't want to get drunk. You don't want to smoke weed. You don't want to smoke cigarettes. You don't want to keep cursing. But there seems to be a power there at work in you preventing you from stopping. The answer is what saved you if you are saved. The answer for you if you're not saved is what will save you. And that's what Jesus did at Calvary. There is no other answer from God. You won't get delivered because you start going to church and trying to fit in and acting better. It will not happen. It will only happen. It only happened for me. It only happened for the Apostle Paul. It only happens this way for the millions and millions and millions who have believed through the centuries upon Christ and His finished work and there that He died for us and that I died with Him. We were crucified with Him. When we begin to learn that aspect of Calvary, then we'll see that because we're now living under grace and not law, then the sin nature is put to death and its power over us is put to death. But there must be a fight to keep the faith or it will not be kept. There must be a fight to keep the faith or it will not be kept. And that faith will be tested. Not faith in anything anything else, but your faith in Christ and His redemptive work at the cross where it was carried out in perfection and finished, completed, 
That's the only faith that will be tested. Let's read on here in 1 Peter. And by the way, every morning on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, we're still in 1 Peter chapter 1, day by day, one verse a day, as it relates to Christ and Him crucified. 1 Peter chapter 1, in light of the cross, because it's always and only in that light. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Verse 6, wherein, this means as we're being kept by the power of God through faith with the fruit to show unto salvation and that we're being made ready to be revealed in the last time. <laughs> we're a witness unto God and a testimony to everybody that knows us. In that, you greatly rejoice. I promise you there ain't no great rejoicing. It's acknowledged by God unless it's in this, in this vein, in this avenue, in this one prescribed way of God. See, that's what, that's what people don't like. They don't like that. There's one boat you got to get in or you're going to drown. Jesus said, I'm the only way to the Father. Don't nobody like anything exclusive. Don't tell me that there's only one way. The church today doesn't like it. They don't, they don't, they don't even accept 99.9 .9 of them percent up, don't even accept that if your faith today, right now, if it's not the cross of Christ, the redemptive work, the death of Jesus that you're trusting in that the Holy Spirit is grieved and He's not at work because when we're not trusting in the redemptive plan of God, that automatically means we're trusting in something else, whether it's the words we speak, you know, the believer's voice of victory, or, or the, the purpose-driven, the government of 12, the walk of Emmaus. The list goes on and on. There's thousands of things. And if we're not trusting in the work of Christ that allows the Holy Spirit legally to work in and through my life to do that which is pleasing to God, He can't work in my works. I work, our works are in Christ by the Holy Spirit. You need to understand that today. There is a massive difference. If my faith is in a finished work, the Holy Spirit works in me both to will and to do of God's good pleasure. 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 When you see the word God being pleased or God's good pleasure, that means Faith is involved because Hebrews 11.6 says it's impossible to please Him without faith. And it's trust, faith in the cross of Christ, His perfect and completed work, or trust and dependence upon if I keep doing this, and I can't do this, I, I, you know, I, I'm involved in this purpose-driven, this government of 12, but it, man, I'm being tested in this. It ain't by God. Your flesh is trying to achieve a spiritual goal, a spiritual conclusion. Your, your flesh, flesh will try to live for God, but not the way God allows us to live for Him. You need to understand that. We'll try to serve God through our carnal means, through our flesh, but He won't accept it. God only works in truth. Psalms 33, 4, write it down. For the word of the Lord is right and all His works are done in truth. And Ephesians chapter 4 tells us where the truth is in Christ. The truth is in Christ. 
And Ephesians 2 and 10 tells us the works we're ordained to walk in are in Christ. What does that mean? That means if we're going to walk in the works ordained for us, our faith has to be in Christ. And what makes our faith in Christ is not just saying it is, but that one place that in all of history God became a man and died for man. You need to understand that. That one place. And when our faith, trust, dependence, reliance is upon Christ and what it is, the Lamb of God, the Holy Spirit had the liberty to come, immerse me into the death of Jesus, Romans 6, 3, begin to guide me and lead me and guide me into more truth. Isn't that precious? But when I hear men say, but God uses this stuff also, and I start working, God uses that stuff for what? That's the question we should have had enough sense to ask. God uses all these things for what? To strengthen our relationship? That's not what the Bible says. And when I put faith in the purpose-driven or the government of 12, even though they use Scripture twisted to try to get me to be involved in it, it turns into the lust of my flesh, trying to achieve a desired goal, a desired end, and it's only I'm not be I can't be tested in that. The only thing that's biblically tested is a biblical faith. We need to understand that. And so let's read this. I got some more things to say today. Watch this, verse 7. No, let's read verse 6. Wherein you greatly rejoice, this is verse 6, 1 Peter 1. Now, though now for a season. If need be, you are in heaviness through manifold. That means you are in distress through manifold temptations. <laughs> we all going to be there. Watch now. That the trial of your faith, the testing of your faith, there's only one. That's not your faith and all this stuff. You know, why the per you know why when you go home, you've been involved in all these things and you go home? At first you may be excited and you may be hearing something and you, you, man, this, you might be sucked into that, seduced into that through the lust of your own flesh. I've been there and was there for years. And you might be excited about it. This is the new thing God's doing. But after a while you're going to admit within your own self, if you're a true born again Christian, this ain't really working. I'm working, but this ain't, this ain't really, really, really working. That's why every year there's got to be a new thing, a new fad, another creeper into the church to bring another lie into the church that distracts us from being focused on the gospel, the message of the cross of Christ. It prevents us, it distracts us from striving together for the faith of the gospel, for there's not another faith. The faith of the gospel. Watch this now. That the trial of your faith, the testing of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And that's like in the end of verse 5, for us to be revealed in the last time, our faith that's unto salvation. Verse 8 whom having not seen, you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
That phrase is used all throughout the church today. But they're just wanting joy. They're trying to work joy up that would automatically be there if they just trust in that which Jesus did. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before Him. The joy of the Lord is our strength by the power of the Holy Spirit when we're trusting in the cross of Christ. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before Him. And believe me, folks, that joy is unspeakable and full of glory. All the other joy, we're working hard to achieve it. We're working hard to have this joy. Jesus did the work for my joy, my strength. Hallelujah. Watch now. Verse 9. Receiving the end of your faith. Your faith had a beginning. Your faith has an end. Watch this now. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. You see, again, back to the race. Hebrews chapter 12, the Lord set before us a race. The race has to be ran. Paul said to Timothy, it's time for me to be poured out. It's time for my departure. I've, I've run the race. I've stayed the course. I've fought the fight. I've ran my course. Then he says that third statement, which is what allowed him to fight and to run, he kept the faith. Not some faith. He kept the one faith that he was given as a gift when he trusted upon the one who by grace through faith tasted death for all men that we might have that grace and a portion of that faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let me read some things to you. Psalms 11.5, write it down if you're taking notes, says that God tests the righteous. God tests the righteous. And when I read that, that's in Psalms 11.5, read it. God He doesn't tempt us to sin as the devil does. God can't do that. James said God never, he can't tempt us to sin, but he does test us. And as I read that, I, I sit and ponder like probably most of you do, well, what? What, what does God do that for? Why would God test me and what's He testing? It's my faith. God wants me to see where I'm at. He wants me to see when, when He's testing me the genuineness of my faith. Not, not some great, great faith. Or some little faith. I, I really don't even believe in that statement that we've heard all our lives that where there's great faith, it will greatly be tested. And because of what Jesus said, it's just a, a faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed that you can't even hardly see it in the palm of your hand that moves mountains. So it's not great faith and, and, and not barely faith. It's, it's the faith. That's all we've been given. Now, now granted... We can be weak in the faith, Romans chapter 14, or we can be strong in the faith. And it's a matter as of to what degree we're actually trusting in Christ and His work at Calvary. Who He really is to us and what He really did for me there. We can be being stoned as Stephen if our heart is... In full assurance, the Bible says, of faith. Full assurance of faith. And hopefully we're all growing there 
to reach that place of full assurance of faith, but anybody who's not trusting in the cross of Christ is not even in the process of growing to a place of full assurance of faith. Only when that's the object of our faith can we be growing again because we grow by the work of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, and He only works within the perimeters of our faith in the sacrifice. If that's not true and that's not the case, then we should all take the book of Galatians out back, pile all of them up and have a bonfire. Because Galatians tells us when the Galatians begin to trust in something other than Christ and what He did at Calvary, the way that they received the Spirit and miracles were worked among them, Galatians chapter 3 and Galatians chapter 5, that they fail from grace. To fall from grace is to fall from the one who is the Spirit of grace, the working of the Holy Spirit. Those two things can't be separated. The working and power of the Holy Spirit is the power of the Spirit of grace. And it says there in Galatians 5, not only that they fell from grace, they fell away from the place the Spirit of grace can work in their lives. It tells them and tells us that Christ can no longer affect them or profit them. When we turn to these programs, when we take Scripture and try to apply it to a program, that's not the word that came to us. That's not the word that brings faith to us. That's men's additions. And the only thing God wants to add to and can add to, Peter wrote, is to our faith and that's the faith He gave us. So back to the point God tests the righteous. And as I pondered this and I sat there and said, what is the purpose of a test? I mean, it just in the natural, in the classroom, you're taking a course and a test comes along. What is the purpose of that test? That test, I believe, is for probably two or three things. One of those is to see what you've obtained and received and retained with the knowledge you've received. You can only answer correctly that which you know. And spiritually speaking, that which you know refers to that which you are experiencing, not just head knowledge, not just Bible questions and Bible answers, Bible trivia. No, it's John 17, 3, this is eternal life that they know the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He sent. The word know in the Bible is experiential. It says in the Bible, Adam knew his wife and she conceived. Well, something happened between Adam and his wife to let us know that word know means something was experienced and something was conceived. When we know God through believing and trusting in His Son He sent, something is conceived. We're born again of incorruptible seed. Hallelujah. That's Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. So in a, when we're being tested, God is showing us with the test how genuine our faith is. Where we are in this process of growth, hopefully along the way of becoming more having more assurance, full assurance of faith. True heart of faith and full assurance of faith. And that's a place we're all growing, as I said earlier. 
But a test shows where we are. <coughs> it also shows where we missed it. It shows where we need growth. It shows that we need a greater dependence in, in, in the natural, in the classroom, when we see the, the, the things we miss, we got wrong in the test, we have to go back and make sure that we're more grounded in those areas that we missed. We have to look at when we're tested by God, He tests the righteous. The opposite of that seen in Psalms 11.5. Let's look at it. Let's read it together so I don't mess it up. Psalms 11.5 because there is a contrary, something opposite of this. Psalms 11.5 and, and looking at what the Bible says and then what it says after that that's contrary, opposite of that helps us to understand the first part. Watch. The Lord tries. That means He tests the righteous. Colon. Always watch what comes after the colon because what comes after a colon in scriptures shines a brighter light on what was before the colon. I'm so glad I know that and can offer that to you today. The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and him that loves violence, his soul hates. He's not testing the world and he's not testing anything that's of the world. And everything that's in the church, that's of the world, is everything we're being offered that's an avenue through that will help us spiritually outside the gospel. God's not in it. God's not in it. The millions of dollars that men have made through the purpose-driven life, the purpose-driven church, and you highlight those things and you go out and you work hard doing them and they say, well, these are things we're called to do. These are things we're called to do. And we go out and I've been there. I did it. Purpose-driven life, purpose-driven church came out. We bought the books. We highlighted it. What do you got to do to get people in your church? Go out and knock on their doors. This is in there. Ask them, do they go to church? No, we don't go to church. Make sure you're targeting a certain age group of people. All this is in there and if they don't go to church, ask them what the church would need to be doing for them to be in it and then go back and change things in your church so that people like that will come to church. That's where seeker sensitive came from. It's not in your Bible. If they're not going to come because of the gospel, they're not going to come in God's eyes. Listen, they, they're still not in the church when they're sitting in the pew in God's eyes unless they're hearing the gospel, believing the gospel, and learning to live lives that show forth the gospel. Hallelujah. Read the first chapter of Philippians. And you know what we teach and preach is only relevant to those who are hungry for the truth of God's Word, who are after a desire uh, to, uh, that comes with a devotion to God. Not just some desire and some decision. Listen, a devotion results in a devotion to God. Hallelujah. So watch this. The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and him that loves violence, his soul hates. Those are two opposite things. Are you being tested by God? If it is, it's your faith in the cross. It's being tested. You know, we say, oh, I'm just being tested here. If God's involved in that, it's only your faith, and there's only one faith. That's faith in Christ and Him crucified. God ain't testing nothing else. Everything else He abhors. 
Everything else he abhors. Let's get back to it. I hope that helps you if you're hungry and, and you're not looking for a reason to go on living like you're living outside the faith then this is going to help you. But if you're looking for a reason to uh, rebel, a reason to disagree, and there are many hearts today, they just listen so they can find something to disagree with. And, and people know who they are. Uh, you know, I, 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 I stay away from them. They're just looking for something to disagree with. They, they call themselves watchmen on the walls, but they're not really gaining the depths of the knowledge and growing in that capacity. They're growing in a way where their sledgehammer is getting bigger and bigger, and they just want to crush everything and you know we just need to watch for folk like that so watch this now there's going to be trials for our faith on the way to the end of our faith and again we read it here there is an end receiving the end of our faith our faith has a beginning the Lord began a work in us Philippians 1 6 and he will be faithful to continue that work in us if, verse 5 in Philippians 1 is most important, he began the work in us based on our fellowship with the gospel, fellowship in the gospel. When our fellowship is no longer in the gospel, his work is ceased. And again, if we disagree with that, Galatians has to be taken out, gotten rid of. But because we don't, add or take away from God's word, then it's us who need to move into the place of believing and let things be taken away from us or added to us. Hallelujah. Not God's word. Praise God. So let me say this. When faith is tested, when our faith is tested, the struggle will be what we do or don't do with Calvary. If our, if, when we're being tested, when our faith is being tested, it's only being tested to show us that it is remaining in the cross or it's not. That it is remaining in the cross like it should be or it's not. We keep resorting back to what they said or how I feel or what I do. And, 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 and that is the testing of the righteous to show the righteous where they are where the Lord is trying to bring us, which is into a more full assurance of this great faith. This faith we have only overcomes if the object stays the same as what allowed the Lord to give it to us. I've said that. I say it all the time. And again, people who disagree with that, they say, well, our faith is in the Word of God. Or our faith is in the name of Jesus. Well, those things can't be separated, my friend. The name of Jesus, Paul told the church in Corinth, we're justified in the name of the Lord. It's the name of Jesus. Jesus means Savior, but He didn't save us anywhere other than through the shedding of His own blood. There's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. The name Jesus actually means absolutely nothing without the cross. Nothing. You're not getting anything because you say Jesus. Hollywood says Jesus out of order all the time. Christians say Jesus out of order all the time. If Jesus is not 
If our faith in Jesus is not faith in the cross, our faith is not even in Jesus. And some people say, well, my faith is in the Word. You say the the only object of faith is the cross, the death of Christ. But what about Genesis to Revelation? Well, I'm so marvelously glad that you ask. And again, if you missed it before, Proverbs 8 and 8 says, All the words of God's mouth are in righteousness. Righteousness is only found in Christ and His work at Calvary. Romans 1, 16 and 17 tells us that righteousness of God which, which is where all God's words were spoken out of is only found, only revealed in the gospel. Not the benefits of the gospel, the gospel, <coughs> the avenue, the death of Jesus. And besides that, Jesus said in The Bible says in Psalms 40 verse 7 that the volume of the book was written of Jesus. It's confirmed again in Hebrews 10 and 7. In John 5, 38 and 39, Jesus said, You search the scriptures, in them you claim you have life, but they are they which testify for me. This proves to us that our faith is not even really in the word of God if it's not in the cross of Jesus Christ. Moses, and I repeat this many times, and I must, Moses says and and declared in Exodus 24 verse 8, as he killed, killed the sacrificial animals and put half the blood in the basins, and the other half they sprinkled on the people, and the declaration was this, from the Lord through Moses, Behold, this is the blood of the covenant I've made with you concerning all these words. And if the blood of animals which pointed to Christ were concerning all these words, how much more does the blood of Jesus concern every word of God? You cannot separate the written Word of God from the living Word of God and what He did as the Lamb of God. If you do, you have no light. Revelation 21, 23 says, The Lamb is the light. Jesus in John 8, 12 said, He is the light. And the psalmist writes in Psalm 119, 105, Thy Word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. There is no separation for there is only one faith and it's in the written word of God as it points us to the living word of God and what he did as the Lamb of God. Outside of that, God resists the proud. For the proud are those who reject the cross as the only means of salvation, the only means of sanctification, the only means through which faith comes. Remember, something powerful in the message today, the lesson today, is that this faith we obtained and the only avenue through which it comes as we hear the word of God, 2 Peter 1 and 1, is through the righteousness of God. Romans 1, 16 and 17 The just shall live by faith as they go from faith to faith that comes from hearing God's word in its righteous 
context, the revealing of God's righteousness is only found in the gospel. It's time to get determined, my friends, to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. It's time to come back to the place where we truly are exalting Christ in our praise and worship and daily living, and that's only found through faith in what God did to exalt Him and give Him a name higher than any other name, and that as He delivered Him up, He exalted Him on the cross. On this earth, the most exalted place is the cross of Christ. God delivered Him up above all men to pay the price for all men's sins. And because of God delivering Him up on that cross for all the sins of all of humanity, God could exalt Him to the throne through that exaltation and give Him a name higher than any other name. Oh, may you come back to the place where God's Word shines in its true light and only light in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. What time is it? My goodness, we we still got two or three minutes. Hallelujah. Let's see what I haven't given you concerning this. In every struggle we have, the choice to fight the fight of faith or to handle things in the flesh is what is taking places. The real struggle in the Christian's life. Get this. The real struggle, mm, this is so powerful. The real struggle in every Christian's life is based on what they're doing or not doing with the cross of Jesus Christ. When we're found doing the right thing with the sacrifice of Christ, the struggle will then be seen in the light it should be seen and overcome through the power, only power it can be overcome. If we're not doing what we should be doing with the sacrifice of Christ as it pertains to today, tomorrow, our lives today, the Bible says Philippians 1, 27, should be becoming the gospel, becoming the fruit of what Christ did at Calvary. That can only happen if that's what we're trusting and if that's what we're looking at. Everybody okay? One more thing before I have to let you go today. Write this down. Look at it with your own eye bubs. Hebrews eleven seventeen says Abraham was tested when he was commanded by God to offer up his only begotten son, Isaac. But notice... What was tested? God testing the righteous is only the test of their faith and where it's at concerning the cross. Where, where they're at in this faith we've been brought into. And I always have to bring it up. Romans uh, 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 chapter 14, the man is trusting in what he's eating to grow spiritually. The Bible declares him weak in the faith, yet in the faith. Abraham, his faith was tested. But his faith that was being tested by God was because he was already declared righteous by God. Remember Psalms 11.5, God tests the righteous. For what? To see where they are in his redemptive plan. What they're doing with this faith we've obtained based on his redemptive plan Abraham was being tested and that whole test 
was to show him not only where he was, but to show him, give him a greater light of what God's plan was and that God was going to show him that it would be his, God's only begotten son that would come as a substitute and a sacrifice. You see, when we start clinging to the cross and overcoming these struggles and getting a little further along, stronger in the faith, we're going to receive a brighter light just like Abraham did where Jesus can declare about Abraham. Abraham saw my, my day and rejoiced. And our rejoicing, as Peter said, we will, wherein we greatly rejoice. And that rejoicing is going to be found with, a, with an unspeakable joy. An unspeakable joy if we'll stay in this place called faith. If we'll be, learn to become stronger, have a, a more full assurance that what Jesus did at Calvary was all, is all I have ever needed because that's the avenue God saves me through, keeps me through, builds me through. Every single thing comes through that faith and that faith alone. I sure am thankful for you being with us today. I encourage you, more than being blessed or encouraged, more than liking this message, more than commenting on this message, become a partner with us in publishing this message however you can. If you have a YouTube page, if you uh, have a page on Facebook, Share these messages. It's not about them knowing us. It's about them knowing the truths that God has given us to share and what He's given us as we're channels and vessels for what He's given us to simply flow through. Help us be publishers of God's Word. Help us be a part of this community of believers who are in the process of distributing the truth of God's Word. It's called the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do love you. I'm praying for you. You pray for us. And don't forget, if God stirs your heart, sow into good ground. You will reap from sowing into ground. That's the truth of the Gospel. You will reap from that. You will reap from that. I don't say this because we have lack. I say this because it's an avenue through which God will pour out upon your life and bless you in many ways when you're found attaching yourself through obedience to God's Word and giving to the message of the cross, the true gospel. Hallelujah. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903 231-5950. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next time. But until then, you stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then.